it would be good if you introduce yourself. And also since we're sort of collaborating on your next event um, for my next book release, can totally. you give some background on that? Uh, um, let's do it. Awesome. Wait, Jump so in. My name is Mashi Cohn. I am originally from New Jersey. I've lived in LA about five years now. Um, I do a couple things uh, in like the entrepreneurial space, but what I'm really passionate about is bringing people together um, in fun, meaningful ways and bringing community, uh, building community. So um, I do private yoga instruction. I do some coaching. Um, I started this uh, company called the Liberate Experience. We're for two years now, we've been gathering together um, in fun and meaningful ways to move our bodies, be healthy, feel good. Um, and I love spreading that, like helping more people to move their bodies. And I love collaborating with epic people like yourself. Um, so we have, there's a couple events that I'm going to be having before our collaboration. Um, but because uh, we'll be doing it every other week. But Aries, um, what number book is this? Number three. Number wow. three. So for his third book launch, we'll be collaborating. I I have it there. Yes, I want to hear a little bit yeah, about visual, it. Visual, quick visual. This is the mm -hmm. proof, proof copy, but yeah. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a real honor to be collaborating. Um, not only is Aries an epic author, but he's also a, a DJ, musician, producer. So he'll be bringing the music to the event and we'll be celebrating him and his book launch and we'll all get to hear in it. And um, I mean, I've only read the first one so far, but it's so inspiring and so relatable. So um, it's an honor. I'm super stoked and it's going to be super fun. So if you're in LA, I'll should definitely. Cool. <laughs> yeah. March 1st. And tonight we're, I'm actually playing at um, school night in Bordeaux. So for the LA people come through. So yeah, I mean, I think tied to this series Elevate Every Day, it would be good for you to jump like further into what inspired that series, like that, you know, the night that I went mm -hmm. to, that's like the series, right? Um, just because it does incorporate all these different modalities and it's like super interesting. And I thought it was it's just amazing because my mind kind of works like that, like jumping through, like events that I would produce are more along the lines of that. But a lot of other people produce these events that they're like, well, people can only concentrate on one vibe or one thing. So they kind of just, you know, if they're going to do like a singer songwriter event or a storytelling event or whatever, a yoga event, it would just be that. And that's it. And I love how your event is like incorporating all these different mm -hmm. things and speaks to people in different ways. So, you know, it definitely has that sort of elevating feeling. And the people that I met were amazing. And just the whole vibe of it is really, really dope. So maybe speak to what inspired you and what you hope for people to walk out and just some of the success stories and stuff like that because it totally ties mm -hmm. into you know this totally yeah thank series. you that's the goal um because i guess like mm -hmm. you know i never really thought about that like oh should i should i just do one thing it just came super naturally for me to want to guide people or like not i got some of it but just um offer an experience that's more than just like one thing it's a whole it's a flow right where you get to like open up and be in your body and then you get to shake it out on the dance floor and then relax in a sound bath and then meet community. Um, I think what I did was combine a, like a bunch of modalities that I found to be super life-changing in my own wellness journey um, and wanting to share that with others and wanting to do that together. Um, you know, I, th I think of yoga and dance as just moving meditations 
in a day-to-day life, we're so busy going about our, our schedules and our jobs and all the different responsibilities that life um, that we get to do and setting aside a time to drop into our bodies intentionally to meet community, to gather together intentionally um, is so powerful. And I've, I've been so grateful to, to hear people share, you know, that like coming to events like these really shifted things for them or really um, introduced them to new people that they, that they didn't previous know and now they're really good friends. Um, or just brought them back into their heart space or a space of, of peace. And my goal is for people to leave feeling empowered, remembering that like, no matter what's going on in the chaotic world around us, we are the authors of our own stories and to leave people feeling liberated, like same idea, right? Like feeling free from the shackles of the mind, because, um, again, drawn from my own experiences, um, you know, feeling um, trapped in my own mind or, or recognizing how powerful our minds and bodies are as tools. And when we use them in the right way, it can be so, so incredibly life-changing. And so providing that on a consistent basis and having a space for people to come that they can count on is really important to me. Uh, so right now we're, you know, it's live events, but uh, my goals for this year, you know, include like, not only having more of these events, but also branching out, having more collaborations with people that are also, you know, aligned with this vision and doing similar things and really joining together as many collaborations as I can have, as many dope people that we can bring together. That's really what what is so gratifying to me. So, um, yeah, I would say a combination of like the self empowerment, self love, setting time aside to take care for self care, um, you know, being having fun in meaningful ways like it doesn't have to be a wild party and then building community are some of the foundations of like what keep me going and what keep me inspired because it's been like two years now and you know it's it's yeah it's i love it so i'm grateful to be doing it yeah yeah, like you mentioned breaking through and it's funny because I remember this one moment where Mayor Kay, which I didn't even know he was in LA, but it was good to see him at the event that I went to. And when it came to time for like the ecstatic dance part, you know, like some people are just dancing and super free, like you and Ali and Mayor. And, and then for me, it's like, I'm still working on breaking through like for certain things like dancing and public speaking. So like dancing, if I'm at my house, I can dance like Michael Jackson, you know what I mean? Like I'm just in it. Nobody's looking, whatever, but I still, and I think it's cause like mayor was like, oh, you're like more of a behind the scenes guy, right? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I kind of always viewed myself like that. Like I was always, I would make the music, but in the mm. band I'm playing drums, you know what I mean? Or I'm DJing with like, and the rappers in the front and maybe I'm doing some like backup vocals or something, but yeah. And I'm trying to shift that cause now I'm trying to public speak, but it even, even just like realizing, even in that moment, like I'm like, oh wow, it's like the same with dancing. Like I'm viewing myself as like, no, I'm shy. It takes a while to like break through. And then sometimes I'll dance in front of people. But yeah, it's like, like you always have to like just push yourself in these different ways. And a lot of times like things that we love so much, it's like something that we still like struggle with or have to push through or like, you know, like this sort of resistance to public speaking. It's like something that I really do want to do really badly because I want to share with people. And I want to be able to like, you know, if something's in my head, then maybe it can help somebody else or whatever things that have inspired me, things that I've learned or written about. 
but yeah, it's just, it's like this constant, like I'm trying to fight it. And all of the times that I kind of spent my whole life avoiding it and almost and mayor like picked up that Okay. Like I viewed myself as no, 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 I'm behind the scenes. So if somebody asked me to speak, I'm like, no, no, no I'm good. But I kept making my, my fear mm. of this thing, like more and more powerful every single time mm. I was resisting it, you know? Yeah. That's so interesting so, because, you know, I don't see yeah. it that way at all. So <laughs> it's interesting that we have these, you know, identities, things that we, we, you know, boxes that we put ourselves in and, you know, yes, there are not, we're, we're all different, right? There's not, we're not all meant to be the same. So some things will come more naturally to some people more than others. And that's perfectly okay. That's how we get to complement each other. But also, you know, there's at the same time, there's also on some level, like, we create these identities about ourselves, like, oh, I'm not the kind of person who does XXX, or I'm a behind the scenes guy. You know, and whether we are or not, it's just interesting to notice that sometimes we're we're really just telling ourselves stories and then believing them, right? So, right. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how powerful it could be by just kind of reinforcing this story that we've told ourselves, and then we create that sort of reality for ourselves that's like not necessarily right. supposed to be what it is, you know? But it's like. Re reinforcing this identity yeah it's pretty crazy um cool so i mean we could jump into some of the questions or you could kind of i mean i'm curious for all the people that i do bring on like i want to hear from them like a what their routine is like you know and if they're struggling with certain things like maybe some of the tools that they use to get over that because i think you know as people go through time they they have things that are unique to them but then also these sort of universal mm -hmm. tools that could help everybody um, on the don't block your blessings like that project you need to get back on getting people to share videos but on the website it's called cheat codes to happiness and I kind of compiled these videos and you know everybody from like musicians to actors to like just every day you know just people from around the world and as I was like compiling them it was after my mom passed and just my attempt to try to like spread more light by asking people to you know share their light or how they bring in blessings in their lives and yeah, so I renamed it as Cheat Codes to Happiness because I'm like, this is crazy. Like some people, like Adia, who if you're coming tonight, you're going to meet her. Oh, she's wow. bringing like 20 people. She's amazing. Um, yeah, she's super, super dope. And she did like a five-minute video. And I mean, you'd have to watch it, but it was just this whole sort of epiphany that she reached it is something that we could all find at different times. And it took her a while. But as I was watching these different videos, I'm like, wow, this is, people are giving this wisdom that, can save a lot of people a lot of time, you know, like, because people are going through these different struggles or realizations or whatever, and maybe it took them 20 years. Like, Melech Shlomo, King Solomon says, like, like, wisdom over foolishness is like light over dark, like, meaning you could have, and if you look at this, like, trauma or darkness that you might be going through, like, if you're stuck in that darkness, like, the advantage of wisdom or light over the darkness is that, like, a little bit of truth, a little bit of insight, a little bit of an epiphany can wipe out like all of the darkness. Whereas like a little bit of darkness can't wipe out all of the light, but a little bit of light can wipe out all the darkness, you know? So that's the idea with like this series is that people have so much light and so much wisdom from yeah. this life experience and things that they've picked up along the way. So yeah, mm, I, I love that. people to share it. 
Um, yeah. And hopefully people and can And we can all learn from each other, you know, instead of just, you know, going along, kind of trying to figure it out by ourselves. Um, the more that we get to share our experiences, there's always someone that needs to hear it, I think. And so, um, yeah, I love that you share. Um, I know some people have a hard time sometimes sharing, opening their mouths and just sharing what, what, what is coming up for them. And so that's something that I really uh, admire that you do a lot and because you just never know. You never know how you're impacting people. You never know who needs to hear what that day. And so uh, what I've learned is that when there's like this urge inside of me to share, listen to it. Even though sometimes I know I can be like, oh my God, yeah. like no one needs to hear that. That's like super basic. That's not important. But um, <laughs> I've learned that it doesn't, it's not really about the outcome. It's, it's not about the outcome at all. It's just about the process and doing it and just sharing, sharing what is bubbling up inside of you because that's for a reason. And so trusting in that. For sure. So what's your, I guess, got us through your routine? Because you've probably worked on it for a while to kind of get a sense of like what feels good, what helps like if you're going through it down. Because everybody's always like, you know, you're up here, then, you know, something happens and we have to struggle to kind of like maintain that equilibrium. But um, what's some of the, you know, different routines and different things that you've sort of picked up yeah. along the way that you find super helpful Great for yourself? Question. Um, I think that I'm not going to pretend to like have everything figured out because I think that life is a continuous evolution of constantly evaluating and reevaluating is what I'm doing working. How can I improve? Um, you know, so I know for myself, I'm, I have things which I'll talk about that I know, oh yeah, this is like super effective for me. And then there's ways where I'm constantly being like, okay, and how can I make my morning routine even better? How can I, um, you know, make, um, how can I make like my emotion regulation even smoother, you know? And I think the number one um, thing that I've learned is it's really about knowing yourself as an individual. Cause yes, we are so similar, of course. And then we're also so different in these little ways. And these little ways include like what we need individually, what will work for me might not work for you or certain non-negotiables that I have might not be a non-negotiable for you. And so the first step, I think, in, in any kind of thing is like really getting to know what, like yourself, what, what do I need? What, what works for me moment to moment, right? For example, for me, I've learned that um, my, the best way for me to function is to work out for an hour right when I get up in the morning. That doesn't always happen, you know, like when I start routine, like that's, that's my ultimate. Uh, it usually happens. But it doesn't happen. I'm okay. But I've learned that like, that's something that, that uh, for me clears my mind right away. And then I can come home, journal, pray, write out my schedule for the day. Uh, and that works for me. You know, um, so I can only share what, what works for me and in the hope that people will get good ideas. But I don't think there's a one size fits answer when it comes to these things. Yeah. Because I really think it's about like knowing yourself and then and then remembering that like your process might look different than someone else's, right? Like we're all programmed differently. For example, I have some friends that their way of optimal way of functioning is to like get up at like four or five a.m. like 
meditate for an hour, get started, whatever, and then they're in bed by 10. That personally is, is not how I function best. I'm most creative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like working. At yeah. Like I mean, you know, like 2 getting so. on a good schedule like... too, but just accepting that about myself. Yeah. Like, and again, this might change, but for right now, I'm a nocturnal creature. I, I'm most creative at night. I get the best ideas at night. My mind is quietest at night. So kind of working with the natural tendencies instead of resisting them, because I know that I spent a long portion of my life kind of resisting certain parts of myself that I'm like, no, I shouldn't be this way. Like I should be getting up at 5 a.m. every day and, you know, and accepting that. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Like beating yourself up over trying to follow someone else's routine is yeah. That's silly. It's like adding extra sort of totally. mini negativity, you know, to your schedule. So totally. for sure. I agree um, with that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but some things that work for me is, Again, yoga, go to yoga every day. It's like practically non-negotiable. Um, journaling, even for five minutes. Um, writing down gratitudes. If I'm ever having just a tough moment, I'll take out a piece of paper or my phone, write down 10 things I'm grateful for. Whoop. Quick perspective shift. It's so simple, but you know, it, it works. Um, and that's something yeah. else that I've been learning and I keep learning and relearning is, um, Accepting the the emotional waves that are that come with life, right? Like we're here for the ride. We're not here for it to all be smooth sailing. We're not here to always feel joyful. There's nothing wrong with us. Like negative emotions are just part and parcel of life. And so um, when those do come up, rolling with them, again, like not resisting them, embracing them, and then trusting that, you know, we can move through them. Yeah. Yeah, I think the in Hebrew it's you know hishtavut or like shave, like everything's kind of like the same, like it's all equal. It's like that equilibrium. That's definitely one of the hardest things to master, you know, because we get thrown like super difficult, you know, all these different scenarios or different whatever predicaments or, you know, people coming at us with different energies, and it's so hard to maintain that hishtavut, that equilibrium, but. Once we do, then we're able to tackle these things. And like you said, like kind of, you know, it's like um, you could almost look at the outside. Like I'm reading now Deepak Chopra's Metahuman. And it talks about these different experiences where, you know, you're able to kind of like look. Some people, you know, he was talking about like the Buddhists who are like sitting for, you know, just kind of like staying in their space for so long and pushing and pushing and pushing. And, you know, if we were to do it, be like my back's so uncomfortable and, and like and you start thinking about all these different things but you're able to push through that at one point and when you are then you're able to kind of look at that all the things tied to the physical that are that's this fear or resistance or whatever's coming up and you're giving it so much power you know and that's how panic attacks can even happen on the extreme end of it but there is a point in which you're able to surpass that and then you could kind of look from the outside and be like okay, this is sort of something that I'm feeling, but I can kind of be outside of that because I don't have to give all my attention and give all this right. power to that feeling, you know, and then you can start to lessen, lessen that feeling. Um, so, you know, if we do that in the same way with other things that we're going through and reframe what they actually are, so this difficulty is coming to me, but if we start to look at it 
as this is coming to me for a reason. Like it's super uncomfortable and super annoying, but it's part of my growing pains. Like I wouldn't, I'm trying to get to that next level spiritually or whatever it is. And it's pretty hard to jump levels when you, you know, it's not as authentic if you're not going through certain things, you know, but when you're going through something, you want to be able to help somebody who went through this other thing, then you want to be able to have gone through that thing because then you could speak to that person, you know? And sometimes even when I'm going through stuff, it happened, I think last, last week, a few days ago or whatever. Um, luckily I, I was able to text Deepak Chopra, you know, and he like commented on my post. Like I wrote something, he commented, I got all back in the zone. I'm like, okay, he's like, if he's, you know, digging like my writing, then like it's working, you know, but like it gets, you know, it's also, even with that, like you question it. Cause it's like, it's not like my books are, you know, I'm like self-publishing it. Um, it's not like it's flying off the shelf, quite the opposite. So, you know, it's getting to certain people and they're commenting and um, telling me different things. But yeah, it's like anytime you put something out there, like, like you want it to be as successful as could be. But like, we, we don't really know like what that means, you know, because success, like if I've met so many people, Mendel Cominson, who did the Light of Infinite Fest, he wrote this book, Positivity Bias. And I've seen, since met like so many people who told me that because he's also like oh you know like just self-publish it because it's so tough and like people you don't know if they're going to put a marketing budget or whatever but i literally met people that told me that like his book saved yeah. their life you know what i mean and i'm like that's insane like for me like if I, I could save one person's life from my writing like that's success like you don't need more than that like anything else totally. is just a bonus you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying like that's crazy to me so, you know, I'll share that with them. And I'm just like, dude, just, just so you know, like I keep meeting people and they're all telling me how this book, you know, so even for him, like, yeah, he has, I'm sure a lot of people have this book, but like he probably views it the same way because everybody's viewing it relative to what they think they could exactly. be doing, you know? Um, so I'd like to remind him and myself, just, it's like, it's going to go where it needs to go and you're helping who you need to help. And like, you know, yeah, that's kind of how you have to view it. But yeah. So, I mean, with, with the equilibrium with life, it's like the same way. It's like, we have to just kind of reframe these things we're going to as like this weird disguise concealed gift that we're only going to figure out like why totally we it at the end. Totally. You know? And that's such a great point. I think that's one of the hardest things in life because we're so used to measuring the metrics of success by how, by outside sources, how well it's received, how, like, right, that's how we measure success, like by how the people around us react to it. And while that's to that's so normal and like not a bad thing, it's just important to remember, like, it, it's not our job. Like we, we can't get hung up on that, you know? And as someone that, um, like I definitely personally relate, right? Like I'm a very, um, like there's different kinds of people, personalities. I'm, like uh like an external focused person i love gathering people together you know like um my energy is very outward a lot of times and so sometimes i need to remind myself that you know it's it's i'm just doing what comes most naturally to me with the intention of of bringing people together having a good time or you know with the intention of sharing what what i want to share with the world right with you sharing what you want to share with the world just doing it out of the natural desire that is within us, which is God given. And then what happens next is like, not up to us, right? We can put intentions out, we can do our best, but then it's like that constant letting go process, constant letting go process. So 
I I love that point. Thank you for bringing it up. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Before you said letting go, I was going to say a big part of it is like we have this desire to control everything, and then that makes it usually worse. You know, like especially like looking at you know, let's say you're in a relationship, not even romantic, just any sort of relationship with somebody, and if they're going through a hard time and they're you feel like they're attacking you and they're being completely unfair and they're just being kind of psycho or whatever. And like, you want to control and you want to change what they're saying or what they're doing. And, you know, you just have so much resistance to it and you're being so defensive and all this. But a lot of times, you know, somebody's going through whatever they're going through and it's not, maybe it's not fair for them to express it in that way to you. But, you know, when we do have this resistance, instead of just sort of like letting go and reframing it to like, like, okay, let's put compassion towards this person and towards ourselves, rather than being so defensive and then meeting their sort of like anger and hatred, if you want to call it that, with the, with the same, you're, you're just making it so much worse for yourself and probably just as a dy dynamic for the two of you. Whereas if you can meet it instead of with compassion and be like, wow, this person must be so hurt and they must be going through so much you know hardship or whatever and instead of me being defensive or trying to you know it immediately make the situation better like let me just kind of like listen to them and come at it with compassion and let them go through whatever they need to go through and then you can also take away some of that you know just this sort of stress and anxiety or whatever like this bad feeling that you're having and a lot of times also like if you're looking at let's say if you're in a toxic relationship like if it's a romantic one or whatever, when you're trying to like separate and, you know, this person's feeling this way. So they're trying to make the other person feel really bad or whatever. That's also an opportunity to learn just this sort of exercise of taking the power away from that other person for it. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times someone could keep coming at you, but if it's like destroying your life or your mood or like your whole day is ruined because this person's texting you this thing. I mean, there is like, you are in control if you want to let it, ruin your entire day and some people are in relationships where that's happening every day so all of their days are ruined you know but like that person's giving that person way too much power you know so a lot of it is like learning how to just control your like being in control of your own vibe and your own mood it's definitely very hard but it's it's tool that we all really need to know how you know yeah how to learn agreed it's never about anyone else i'm a big believer in that it's always like everything that's happening is, um, you know, reflecting some part of ourselves that we get to look at. And again, it's like a sometimes hard concept to grasp and to really, to really embody day-to-day -day life. Like, oh my God, this person's pissing me off, making me so angry, whatever. But, um, you know, it's always about what it's bringing up inside of you because we can't control anyone else. We just can't, we can only control how we respond to what is happening so yeah there's there's a lesson i don't remember if it's 271 or 277 in the rabbi nachman but um it's totally it's it's tied to this and it's like epic and it's basically he has like a mashal so he has like a sort of like an example metaphor or whatever for this sort of situation and you picture basically like okay so you live here and your neighbor's over here and your neighbor is this person that we're talking about trying to bring, you know, this negative energy towards you. And our natural instinct 
you know, human nature or whatever, we would normally, so you have to picture this energy they're bringing or hatred or negativity as like they're digging a hole to get to you because they're trying to get to you. You know, they're trying to like literally get to you so that you react and then they feel satisfied or whatever it would be. So our natural instinct would actually be, okay, let me dig a hole to get to them. <laughs> like I'm going to get them, you know, <clears throat> or like I'm going to get them first. But what Ruby Nachman's saying is that's not actually what we should be doing because if you're doing that, you're doing half the work for them. So instead of them trying to get to you, trying to get to you, you just made it so much easier and now they've like gotten to you, you know? So if you look at like the earth that they're digging out and you flip it to like earth is love, it's like it's nullified, like bitul in Hebrew, because no matter how much we destroy the earth, which we do a lot, it still provides all these nutrients, water, precious gems, food. Um, so if you look at that, instead of digging to get to them and bringing that same energy, you actually take, take more earth on your side and actually Shefa, like put it with, if the earth is love, then you're actually coming with love and compassion on your end and it'll make their job twice as hard. And the Talmud says, you know, the person who digs a hole will fall in it. But that doesn't have to be viewed in that negative way as that person themselves. It could be viewed as that element of that person or what they're bringing, you know, this trait that they're bringing to the relationship will fall away. And the compassion and the love that you're bringing to it, they'll see, okay, well, it's not working. I'm not getting what I want. I'm not getting the reaction, the negative reaction I want to be able to like justify my own negative behavior. So maybe, you know, maybe what you're bringing to them, they'll be able to match mm. and mirror to you. I love that. <clears throat> I love that lesson. It's like, we could tame our own. <laughs> it's like epic. So many gems like Rabbi that. Rabbi yeah. coming in clutch always. <laughs> coming in clutch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, one another question that I'll probably ask a bunch of people in the series is like, What's one of the best pieces of advice that mm. they've received? Yeah, that's a good, good one. I was thinking about it earlier. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm. I've received so much good advice over the years. Bless. But I mean, you can. I, it doesn't have to be um, one. You can. Yeah, you can I was share thinking, few, like, you know? you know, what's coming to my mind. Right now, maybe like um, pertinent to what's happening in my personal life or in life in general. And um, one, one piece of advice that's just coming to me now, it's hard to say like, is this the best? But maybe I'll share a few. Uh, is to just pause, practice the pause, right? Pause before reacting, before, you know, like, when, when you're feeling a strong emotion, when you want to react emotionally, take a moment, pause, take a breather, go do some yoga, meditate, pray, and allow yourself the space to come from a place of responding. Um, and this doesn't mean, you know, because I'm a fire sign, I have like a lot of fire in my chart actually, and my natural tendency go 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 like sometimes a little impulsive um 
Yeah. You know, but it's not referring to like when it comes to decision making or when it comes to like taking action. It's more about in terms of your emotional state. Pause and remember that you lack nothing. There's nothing there's nothing that you lack. You have everything inside of you. And so often when we're like triggered or there's a strong emotion running through us, it comes from this place of like, oh my God, like you know, there's something in me that I I don't I'm missing or you know, pointing <laughs> fingers of blame, but it's taking that pause and remembering there's nothing that I lack. Everything. Now I get to respond from a place of calmness. And it's in those places that we really get to exercise our faith. And that's where miracles can come in because we're coming from a place of trust, of peace, of calm, of belief, belief in self, belief in the bigger picture. Um, so that's definitely one big piece of advice. Uh, a second one that's just coming to me right now is to remember that we don't need to carry around our past with us like a suitcase. We don't need to do that. We are constantly following in the same patterns that we've always been in because we think, oh, this is me. This is my story, right? We're so attached to these, our identities that we've created for ourselves. Like, this is where I'm from. This is my story. This is what happened to me. That's why I do XXXF. But in reality, we always get to choose differently. Now, yes, we have patterns that can sometimes take some work to break out of if they're negative, but not to think that, that, oh, like we're running in some sort of program. No, we can always choose to be come into the present moment and recognize that each moment is an opportunity for a totally different choice, for a totally different life, right? Not that we're necessarily gonna choose that, but we have that ability. That's how powerful we are. And so, um, you know, it comes along with being more aware of the things that we do and why we do them, right? And recognizing that, okay, I do this because this is what I've always done, but, but why, right? Like, am I bringing that deeper awareness to every new moment and recognizing, you know, I get to, I get to choose differently. If this choice is not working for me, I can choose differently. If I'm stuck in a pattern that is not serving me, I get to choose differently. Um, and so that's probably the second piece of advice that has really helped me. Nice. Yeah, I mean, there's a, this Kabbalistic concept. There's yesh mi'ayin and yesh mi'yesh. Uh, uh, something from nothing and something from something. Yeah. Yeah, so like the biggest lesson, like you said, like not carrying these suitcases and being able to recreate, it's like the idea of like something from nothing is only like the creator and the source of all is something from nothing, which also is, is something that needs to be sustained. Like meaning everything in this world is something from something. It's already been created. So when we're finding this cure, this medicine, or we're refashioning this, or we're making a phone or any of that, it's all the, it's all things that are in concealment or in potential in this universe. And then we're revealing the potential that just was there. And then we're revealing it into this, taking this sort of matter and forming mm. it into whatever it would be. Um, so all of these things, like it feels like it's like, oh my God, like this person invented that and invented that. It's like, no, like the source of all 
God invented all this, um, you know, and we're, we're just revealing these different things that were just sitting there waiting for us to reveal. You know, it's similar, like when we create anything creatively, like a song or writing, it's like, it feels like, you know, we're tapping into the source because it's coming down to us. And often people are like, I don't, I don't know how to write sounds. Like they just come, you know, like you're writing and you're like tapping into something. It, it had its potential there. All the words were there. The concept was there. Um, and we're, we're able to just kind of like tune into that thing and bring it out into life. But so everything that is created, we're just revealing and bringing into this world, but it doesn't need to be sustained because right. it was already created. But God, of course, you know, is coming from nothing. The only thing that comes from nothing. So it, it needs to be, it has to be something active in our world. It has to be recreated and he has to recreate all of the things, you know what I'm saying, in that sense. And so we're like co-creators in terms of like how we're paving the way for our own journeys. And in that way, because the world is re recreated at every moment, then we have to like view our own journey as like something that we can recreate at every moment as well. It's not like the world is just made and then God was gone and like he's not involved right. in it. You know what I'm saying? So in that same sense, it's like we have to, we have to view that for ourselves. It's like, okay, if the world's recreated and sustained at all the, at every moment, then we have to be able to do that with ourselves instead of feeling like we're on this one path. Like you said, in holding this suitcase, it's like, okay, well, this is my path or this is my past. And this is my path because of the past. And I just have to stay on this. And it's like, it just sucks and whatever. And that's what it is. It's like, like you said, we have to ditch that suitcase and realize that that's like something that we can learn from, but we've also moved past it. And like this new moment is like entirely, you know, all the new powers that like sort of exist in this new moment and the potential and what we can like sort of reveal for ourselves in that, you know? And I think the pause is like a very important tool for that as well, because I mean, thank God, you know, that we have this time that we're sleeping and then people who keep the Sabbath are like unplugging or whatever. And different people do that in different ways. But if you'd imagine like a life where we weren't doing that and we were just going, 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 then yeah, it would be very hard to sort of like shift perspective. But I think taking that pause, you know, it, it really gives us a chance to be able to like look back and is this working? Am I, you know, am I holding on to this thing? Is it serving me at all or is it holding me back? And like we were talking about in the beginning, just like breaking through, like looking back and realizing like, what are these things that are actually me or what are these stories that I've told myself or other people have like sort of, oh yeah, yeah he's like, or she is this, you know, it's like, maybe like you were, but maybe that's not yeah. really what you are anymore, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's definitely super powerful lesson, you know? <clears throat> Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we could run through a couple more questions um, if you want. Sure. Yeah, let's try. So this one, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be interested in just in terms of like, just a spirit, not like advice, but more of like, you know, spiritual teaching, you know, like I was sharing the Rabbi Nachman one. So that's definitely one that stuck with me. Um, what's something that comes to mind? And also it doesn't have to be one. It could be like a few different things but like some spiritual teachings that super resonated and that you mm -hmm. kind of like take in you know, as yeah. you go through life. I think that the first one that immediately came to my mind was shared with me by my uncle, who is one of my favorite people uh, also. And he shared with me 
Um, cause we like, you know, we like to philosophize a lot and have these long conversations and they're super interesting. And one time he shared with me this and I had never forgotten it. And that is, you know, the most spiritual person is not even like the teacher or the guru. It's the garbage collector. Like the most spiritual, like what is spirituality? It's fulfilling your role on this physical plane to the best that you can. And so I think, you know, in this age, and again, there's nothing wrong with like wanting to teach and share and, and um, like, it's, it's great. It's, and we should be doing that, but not to mistake that for like, oh, I'm so spiritual, you know? It's like, no, the most spiritual thing that we can ever do is to get to know ourselves, figure out what we're here to do, like what our life's role is, whether it's to be a teacher or a guru, whether it's to be, you know, a school teacher, whether it's to be a dancer, right? It's like, how can I provide the most value to this physical plane that I am here mysteriously on, you know, and then doing that. And, you know, that really, that really, um, that really changed my life because I think sometimes we get so hung up, especially in this new age, like spirituality, all this stuff. And again, not no like no judgment here just to recognize that you know it's not it's not necessarily what we think it is right it's like sometimes about keeping our heads down and doing what we need to do in silence or you know just to to fulfill our role and uh he also told me that uh i've also i don't know if he told me or where i read this but it's that like the oldest souls, right? Like people talk about old souls or, and whether or not you believe in this stuff, you know, take it or leave it. At the end of the day, no one knows anything really when it comes to this stuff. For me, those teachings have always resonated. Um, but they do say that, right, we're all recycled souls. And the oldest souls on this planet are, again, not the ones that are in the public eye, not the ones that you... Uh, that get all the recognition and credit, but those are the ones that keep their heads down, do their thing, you know, collect the garbage, whatever they're here to do, they just, they do that in, in, in humility and in, in grace and in trust. And so, again, you know, it's like, we're all, we, we can all um, achieve enlightenment, quote unquote. It's, it's simpler than we might think, right? It's like the, 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 the simple act of being, of living here in this physical world and fulfilling our role is, is what we're here to do. So we like overcomplicate everything, but um, yeah, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's in Hasidic, like, thought or Kabbalah, there's like the Ratzova Shov. It's like, like, you have to master, like, go, like, reaching spiritual, spiritual heights or spirituality, but also coming back. And like, you know, we learned like the death of um, our own, the high priest's sons, Nadavid Avihu, or like Korach, when he was like, also trying to just master the Ratzova, but not the Shov, like, meaning like, they were both just like, they, you know, have this super 
strong desire to just connect to God and live in the spiritual plane. And even people who become, you know, like gurus or whatever you're talking about, it's like, they also have to have that lesson, like you're saying, like coming back and like existing in this world. It's not only about reaching these spiritual heights, like living in a cave by yourself, let's say, and like reaching this thing. It's like, no, we have to exist and have and bring this down to everybody. It's about this world like, right now. It's about the physical. So yeah, we're, we're supposed to become spiritual, but like, like we have to master that, like reaching that height, but like bringing it, always bringing it down. It's like mastering yeah. the, the going up and the going down. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, like with Moses, it's like, it's like he, he became, you know, he brought the Bible, like we're all Abrahamic faiths, but it was like revealed and brought down through Moses. And he, in some ways he was like the most, the least likely person that you would think to do that. Cause he had like a speech impediment, you know, and he was the most humble. And it just, in some ways, like he would look and you'd be like, really? Like him? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like such a lesson that, I mean, Kabbalistically, it's like that, I think in the Zohar, it talks about that he didn't actually have a speech impediment. It was that he was speaking such truth that we weren't able to like grasp it like yet so we heard it as like broke broken up speech but it wasn't actually wasn't a speech impediment but like we didn't we weren't like the vessels yet to like receive it in that way um but yeah i think with that it's like realizing that the person who revealed what became or what is the, the most followed you know just the bible and everything that came from it so like islam christianity judaism all these things came from somebody who had a speech impediment was humble and completely resistant <laughs> to, to like being the person, the messenger for this revelation. And they were, you know, the greatest prophet of all time. So it's, it's kind of a lesson for, you know, bringing it back to the beginning again is like just breaking through and realizing like Moses was viewing himself as somebody totally incapable and unworthy of doing what he was tasked to do, but he had the most effect, you know, his, Oh. to everybody yeah. who's ex existing now, you know? Um, okay, yeah, I think we wow. should wrap oh up because I have to jump to another thing. Somehow Forever. we're almost at three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah, this is dope. We should do it as a series. And I know we're, like, talking about doing, you know, this program, touring around. So I guess people can kind of yeah. follow both of us. Um to keep up with that um and yeah i definitely anybody who's not following mashi she's does amazing stuff she, she's always like posting inspirational things but she also does these events hopefully we're gonna or she'll take it on the road but um yeah just yeah it's happening with both of us I don't don't. Know if you have any last thank you so much words. for having me this is such a, a beautiful and fun conversation um and thank you all for joining and yeah Ares. Well, for sure. trust me, look at his books, look at all his stuff, his music, his inspiration. It's so great. And we're going to do a collab soon. Um, and for all LA peeps, he's performing tonight. And we'll be collaborating on March 1st. <laughs> and stay tuned because we have some exciting projects coming up. And hope everyone has a wonderful rest of your day. Sending lots of love wherever you're at. And rock on. See you soon. Bye. Bye. See you.